Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So what is Jesus saying to John? Step number two. Put God between us and our doubts and our disappointments. Jesus is saying to John, don't give up in that prison cell. Look up. The one who made me, the Messiah, you need to trust him. You need to put him between your doubts and you. We've all had feelings of doubt, haven't we? Sometimes we doubt our ability to perform a new task or job or when learning a new skill. Even in our Christian walk, we sometimes wonder if God really will do everything he promises to do. When John the Baptist was in prison, he expressed doubts as well. Pastor Mark will, while recounting this history to us, teach us how God views doubt. In addition to that, he will be encouraging us to trust God, to believe that he is who he says he is, and that he will provide the solution to any situation that may come up. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he begins his message, The Cure for Doubt and Discouragement. Doubt, a feeling of uncertainty. I'm going to give you some things and let's see if you doubt these statements. The Oakland Raiders will win the Super Bowl this year. A little doubting. If you take this pill daily, you will lose 21 pounds this week. How many bought that sucker? Let me see your hand. Yeah, you watch that TV commercial. Ladies, if you apply this cream, you'll turn the clock back 30 years. Person sitting next to you with that mud stuff all over them, that's them. That's them. Well, first thing you want to write this morning, doubt is a normal part of our lives. It's something all of us go through very often. But sometimes we forget this. Doubt is a part of our spiritual lives as well. That shouldn't surprise us because as you study the Bible, you see that all through the Old Testament and the New Testament. Many Bible characters, great people, doubted God and became discouraged. Moses in the Sinai Desert. Elijah, after this great victory, he runs because Jezebel said she's going to kill him. David, when his son Absalom rebelled against him. So this morning, since we all experience it, doubt and discouragement, I want to give you four cures 
that will help us as we move through this. Now, you're going to be surprised at who doubts today. It's none other than John the Baptist. So let me give you a little history to remind ourselves about John the Baptist. John had been given a great opportunity to be the forerunner of Jesus. He was picked by God to kind of pave the path for the coming of the Messiah. At Jesus' baptism, John the Baptist was there, and Jesus comes walking in. They were cousins. And Jesus basically says, I want you to baptize me. And John goes, whoa, 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 whoa. like you're the Messiah, you're going to baptize me. Jesus said, no. And while Jesus was being baptized by John, John heard from God this word from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He heard those words. Later, John the Baptist is walking and he makes a statement as he sees Jesus coming down the road. You remember this statement well. Look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. Now, this is the guy that's going to doubt. And you'll be shocked at what he doubts. See, he was responsible. He served God with excellence. He served God with boldness. Uh, the, The Jewish religious leaders didn't speak against corruption. John the Baptist spoke about it. That got him in prison. And he sits there for months. Not a prison like ours today where you throw hoops four times a day, have a television in your room and four meals a day or whatever. This is a real prison. He's been there for months. He's physically and emotionally drained. And now it shows. We begin Luke 7, verse 18. Take a look in your Bible. Now, John's disciples, John the Baptist's disciples, told him about all these things. Well, what did they tell him about? The ministry of Jesus just expanded, actually exploded. When he was basically in the north, Capernaum, Sea of Galilee, whatever, that, the, the people being healed, his ministry, it carried all the way down to Jerusalem area. And so John the Baptist's disciples heard all this ministry that was growing by leaps and bounds. And the, the way you'll see he hears about it, he doesn't have a TV, he doesn't have uh, an iPad. The disciples are hearing, it's the talk of the town, even that far away. So the disciples told him all these things. And how's John's response? Calling two of these disciples, John says to them, go to Jesus Go to the Lord, and I want you to ask this question. Are you the one is to come? Are you the Messiah? Or should we, circle this word in your Bible, it's very important. Should we expect someone else? You see, Jesus' ministry is expanding. John is sitting in prison. So he's suffering greatly. And what does John have in prison? Time. He has time to think. And you'll see later, you know the principle from the Bible, what we think, we become. So all he's thinking about is these discouraging circumstances where he's sitting. As a result, John the Baptist is doubting. Now figure this out. If his cousin, the one he's introduced to the world is Jesus is really the Messiah. 
Yes, John the Baptist was doubting if Jesus was really the Messiah. That makes me feel better. Does it make you feel better? I mean, if John the Baptist can doubt, okay, we're in good company. But what he doubts is amazing to us. Now, why? Notice the word ask you to circle. Or should we expect? Should we expect? See, he expected Jesus' ministry, of course, to be impacting and changing people's lives. But he also, John the Baptist, expected the corrupt political climate would be torn away. Rome would be dismantled. And Israel would be a nation by itself again. That's what he expected. But he isn't seeing any changes in that political realm. But something else John the Baptist expected. He expected his cousin, the Messiah, to free him from prison. But it's not happening. And by the way, for history, it won't ever happen. John the Baptist is beheaded in the prison. Now, every one of us has doubted and become discouraged because we thought God had failed us. That's what he's thinking, John. Where's, the, where's God in this? The Messiah came to free us. He talked to me about it. What is it? I'm in jail. I'm in prison. Great things are happening outside. Nothing happening here. So he's doubting, he's discouraged. And, and we, are, we understand this because we expect God to work in a certain way, and God doesn't. We expect to get that promotion at work. And lo and behold, the laziest person in the department gets promoted. Been there, done that. We expect that God would save our marriage. But just recently, our spouse walked out the door. We expected that God would miraculously heal our loved one. I remember this one. I was around 21 in college when my mother, age 43, died of breast cancer. You see, we expect that God would miraculously heal our loved one, but it doesn't happen and they die. Some of you here this morning, we expect that God would have brought by now a godly spouse that we've been praying for into our life so we can enjoy married life together. But here we sit single and there's nobody. Well, why is that? Next thing you want to write is this. This is huge. That's why you circled the word expect. Here it is. Doubt and discouragement come from unrealistic expectations and unmet expectations. Now, we know what that is. That's John the Baptist. He expected Jesus to free him. It's not happening. Just before you got married, you had all these expectations of what marriage was like. About three days after the honeymoon, they changed. Some of you thought, well, having kids is going to be fantastic. You just watched the video, didn't you? It is fantastic, but it's a lot different than you expected. And that's why the topic, and that's why Jesus is going to speak to this. You know, a lot of people think, well, the Bible's funky. It doesn't really give you a true story. Think about this. The person that introduces Jesus as the Messiah doubts himself. That's our Bible. 
It takes us to the real world. Now, even though John the Baptist is doubting, he does something very important. He sends his disciples to ask Jesus, what's up? First step of handling our doubt and discouragement. Write it down this morning. Bring our doubts and disappointments to God in prayer. You have to remember this morning that God loves us. And he loves for us to pray to him. Because that's how we stay in communication with God. You have not because you ask not. And so prayer is simply a two-way conversation. So John says to his disciples, go ask Jesus, what's the answer? Now, sometimes we're not honest with God. If you read the book of Psalms, much of the book of Psalms is about this very thing, doubt. David's asking, God, what are you doing? Sometimes, quite often in the book of, of Psalms, there's anger. God, I'm angry at you. You did exactly the opposite of that I thought you would do. So understand this morning that God is not surprised when we're honest enough to bring our doubts to him, or maybe even your anger to him. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how do you know that? Look at this verse. It's fantastic. Psalm 103. The Lord is like a father to his children. Now notice the character first. Tender and compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows, let's say it together, how weak we are. That was weak, but I expected that from you. (laughs) He knows how weak we are. Let's say this next one. And he remembers we are only dust. Would you just turn to your neighbor with a little smile this morning and say, I'm weak and I'm a little dusty, to be honest. Go ahead, just tell it. Come on. Amen. What else do you think you are but dust? When we were created, we were created out of what? Dust. When you die, what are you going to be? Dust. But then we get a new body. Hallelujah. Uh, we were out with some friends the other night at Cheddar's. Half the Calvary was there. And all these people are saying hi to us. And this big black waiter, young kid, came up to me and he went, Pastor Mark, you're 6'11 in heaven. I knew he'd been to church. That was a great thing. <laughs> you see, God knows exactly who we are. You don't have to try to like, well... God is, I have to be careful what I pray because God doesn't know what I'm thinking. (laughs) Come on now, get real. So it's okay. That's exactly what John the Baptist does. Are you real? It's okay to go to God and say, God, man, I'm frustrated. What's happening here? You can tell God you're confused. You can tell God you're discouraged. And you can ask him to help you with his doubts. Well, look what happens in verse 20. When the men, those two disciples from John the Baptist, come to Jesus, they say, John the Baptist sent us to you to ask, are you the one? Are you the Messiah to come? Or should we expect someone else? At the very time that they come, look what happens. Jesus was curing many who had diseases, sicknesses, evil spirits, and gave sight to the many who were blind. So as they arrive... Jesus is in action. Now you're Jesus. You've just ministered to all these people. And here come two disciples. They come a long way. And 
And they asked that question to Jesus. How is Jesus going to respond to that question? Look at me. Let me read you what, how he responds. So Jesus says to these two messengers, are you kidding me? Go back and tell that finky guy, John the Baptist, I disown him. He's an idiot. What is wrong with him? I'm done with him. Of course I'm the Messiah. What's wrong with him? Is that the way your Bible reads? But that's the way you expect God to respond to you. But notice he's kind and what? Compassionate. That's not all how it reads. Sometimes that'd be how we would have responded. But look how Jesus really responds. I think it's fantastic. Look at verse 22. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive the sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Jesus answers John's questions by reminding him he was doing exactly what the Old Testament prophets had predicted the Messiah would do. Now, I want you to hold your finger right there in Luke, and let's go back to the Old Testament. I want you to see the prophecies in the Old Testament. Go right back to the book of Isaiah. You'll see it right on hand. There it is right there, a little more than halfway through the Old Testament. So keep your finger in Luke. Scoot back. It's very important that you have your Bible. It's very important that you look and see what's in the Bible. You see, what you're going to see was predicted thousands of years before Jesus came. The Bible is an absolute truth. We don't live by speculation. We live by revelation. That's why we study the Bible. And that's why you need to have your Bible open. Because our world is attacking it all the time. So when you see this, this is written thousand years before, look at Isaiah 35, 5 and 6. A picture kind of what would happen when the Messiah would come. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped? Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue will shout for joy. Now, go right to Isaiah 61. You're not far away. Just scoot up about 25 verses or so. Uh, chapters, Isaiah 61. This passage we're going to read is the very passage Jesus read when he was in the synagogue. It was a prediction of exactly what the Messiah would do. And when Jesus finished reading that, Jesus said this to the congregation. This has been fulfilled today. I am the Messiah. Now look at Isaiah 61.1. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, what he's doing exactly then. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoner. Exactly what Jesus is doing. So what is Jesus saying to John? Step number two. Put God between us and our doubts and our disappointments. Jesus is saying to John, don't give up in that prison cell. Look up. The one who made me, the Messiah, you need to trust him. You need to put him between your doubts and you. Here's what that looks like 
for us this morning. Some of you are here and doubting all kinds of things in your life. Maybe you're angry at God. Maybe you're struggling. Well, take a look at this picture. Doubt. Now, on Facebook, I put this on Facebook. By the way, usually on a weekend, just before the weekend, Thursday, Friday, I'll put something so you know what's coming this weekend. So whether you want to come or not. No. Because you never know where God will touch you, right? So you might think, man, Pastor Mark's going to teach you about doubting God. No, that's not what it means. Down on this person right here, that's you. That's me this morning. What have I put between my doubts and me? Is that good or is that good? No, that's great. I have to put God, and I'll show you how to do that, between my doubts. Because God is all-knowing. Now next, not only do I have doubts, but I have disappointments. Same thing, that disappointment always turns into discouragement. Here it is. See the person? What does he have between that mountain that he doesn't think he can ever mount to discourage? It ain't going to happen. It's done. It's over with God and it's failed me again. That's the second step. That's exactly what Jesus said to John the Baptist. Tell him I'm doing what God predicted I would be doing. I am the Messiah. Then Jesus kind of gives a little, we don't really know how to take it. It could be a little encouragement to John the Baptist. It is, but it could be a little correction to him. Notice what he says back to Luke, back to Luke, where your finger was, if you obeyed me. Chapter 7, verse 23. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Jesus said, John the Baptist, don't doubt, don't get frustrated, because I've not used my power as you expected to get you out of prison. Jesus says to John the Baptist, don't be stumbled about my will In my timing, I know what I'm doing. I'm here to establish an eternal kingdom. My kingdom is not of this world. John, relax. I'm in control. You see, sometimes we simply forget when we go through this that God's ways are not our ways. God's timing often is not our timing. So don't be surprised at that. And that's what Jesus is saying. Look, John, don't get stumbled. Don't get frustrated. Don't try to walk away. Don't allow the enemy to bring these kind of things into your mind. Blessed are those who are in difficult circumstances, and yet they still have faith in God. That's for you this morning. Blessed are those who are in difficult circumstances, and yet they still have faith in God. It's good to know that God understands our occasional feelings of doubt, and that He provides ways to increase our trust in Him. Pastor Mark taught us the need to put God between our doubts and disappointments. He reminded us that Jesus promised blessings to anyone who does not stumble in their walk because of Him. Pastor Mark reminded us that all things work together for good to those that love God. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5 and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue in Luke, teaching us more of what the Bible has to say about doubt and disappointment. We'll be talking about how the scriptures provide answers we may have concerning why things happen in our lives and our need to seek those solutions in God's Word. We'll be hearing about trusting God to do the right thing for us and that His overall plans will far exceed our expectations. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.